good. Yep, not bad. What do you think of the white lids? I don't like the white lids I at all. I don't either. Why looks, don't you like them? It makes the coffee look dirty. That's, that is literally, I was just thinking of that when I was walking out here. Yeah. That's my exact reason. Yeah. I was like, maybe it's a contrast, but no, it's dirty. Yeah. You get little splats on it and it's like, yeah, not good. Yeah, I don't like it, especially we've been used to the dark lids for so long. I know. I think it looks better. Yeah. I don't know like why they're... The dark lids yeah. are better. Yeah, 100%. Why are they trying to reinvent the wheel? I don't know. Yeah. It's only some spots that do that. I don't get that everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember when they used to have the flat, thin ones? Yeah. Worst lid of all time. They were. They were terrible. Cut your lip. Yeah. <laughs> Always spill, not stay People on. were uh, bitching, though, when those lids came out. If people have a... You got a reason oh, to yeah. bitch. Oh, yeah. So speaking of that, speaking of that, speaking of that, that's negative, right? People <laughs> always find a way to bitch. Oh, yeah. So the other day you were talking to me about, because uh, um, I don't really follow too much, like as far as the podcast goes, I don't really follow. I leave that up to you. Yeah. The uh, the people that listen and the and, and the uh, responses or when people have questions or comments and stuff like that, you kind of take care of that. Yeah. And then you'll throw something out to me. You know, it might be a really nice one or a really good one, or it might be someone that you just yeah, sit there. Keep and you in the loop. Yeah, listen to this one. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of wrote it down, though, because I wanted to just say that. So one of the comments the other day that you shared with me, where I just we were in the car, I think, when you shared it with me, is one person said, like, we were talking about the commitment and staying away from, like, staying away from partying and all that kind of stuff. And one of the comments was, I don't know if exactly, do you remember what the comment yeah, was? So okay, you go. It was, uh, so a kid, a kid, and I get, a bunch, like, a ton of comments, but the kid this one in particular, and it's not just this one kid, like there's a million that come in like this. Yeah. So he's a 2004. Yeah. And his comment was the, the clip, basically the gist of the clip was that if you're going to do stuff like that, party and drink and whatever, you got to be really careful about it becoming a habit. You got to pick your spots and we're not saying you can never go have fun with your team. It was like, just, you got to pick your spots. That was the message of the clip. Yeah. And he said, 2004 said, all the pro so talking 17 years old. Yeah. All the pro hockey players watching this and laughing right now because all they do is train, play and drink. That was the comment that, was the that comment. this kid left, yeah. So so to be really clear like I don't really negative comments don't really bother me at all. Like because I grew up since four years old being a hockey player and people are always telling you you can't do that. Yeah. You should make sure that you go to school. Uh, no one makes the NHL, all that kind of stuff. But a comment like that is, uh, like, again, I don't really care, but it's just kind of funny because I want people to understand the point of this. Like, first of all, let's remove hockey from the situation. Um, if you're trying to live, like the podcast is about being your best. Uh, it's about achieving the best you can. It's about, it's, we're not, I'm not talking about some dude that, you know, is an below average hockey player and doesn't have a real focus on becoming a junior or a pro, getting their school paid for, getting some results out of hockey. So anyways, remove, remove from hockey. If you wanted to have a pretty good life, you probably, the advice that I would give to you is <clears throat> the exact same advice is pick your spots <laughs> when you're going out. Yeah, 100%. So if you said, well, if you could use that comparison and say, well, all successful people do is they work and they party. Well, that's not true. It's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, there's, there's, a, there's, you know, there's, um, I always say success leaves clues. And, um, yeah, so let's put it back into hockey. Um, now, there are, when some kids get to junior and, and above, you, you can turn 18, 19 in, this, in Canada, and I think you're allowed to drink. And, obviously, anything older than that, you're allowed to drink. So, 
if I was a 19 year old kid and I wanted to enjoy a beer or a couple beers or have a night where I, I could say, you know what, I don't have a whole bunch going on the next couple days. Uh, if I'm going to have a little bit of fun tonight would be the night that is acceptable. Is it optimal for performance? No, but it's acceptable and it's, and it happens a hundred percent. And we were never saying that hockey players or pro hockey players never go out and have a beer. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the right. point. Uh, but number that, so that's number one. What we're really focusing on is is kids that are trying to make it or make it. If you want to last, you have to have an optimal lifestyle. Yeah. So that comment in itself is kind of funny because, <clears throat> excuse me, first of all, I've trained over well, around 100 ho- NHL hockey players. And in the OHL, like in college, like yeah, way, way, more, way over yeah. that. And the bottom line is, is that's not what they do. Yeah. They don't just play hockey, train, and drink or, or party their ass off. Now, we went back to 1975 to 1990. It was probably a little bit more common that younger guys used to get brought out to drink and guys used to drink a little bit more because fitness and, and the the uh, competitiveness and, the, and, and how good you had to be to be an, um, um, a high-achieving hockey player to go somewhere. Uh, I mean, we didn't have necessarily Russians coming over all the time and Czechs and yeah. people from all over the world competing for the same spots. So, and the, and the workouts weren't quite as good, but the people are so conditioned now that you actually have to be in great shape because you'll see guys falling off real fast if they don't. They're just, the performance can't be there. Now, if you, if you talk to the people that I hang out with that play in the NHL, it's it's... Very, very few and far between. And I'll just take it a step further because I have kids. And my kids, you know, one of the arguments were when they were growing up, uh, not Charlie so much because he's young, but I have a 26-year-old and a 24-year-old, I think. Uh, There's something like that in there, whatever. So when they were going through their teenage years, their first comment all the time would be, well, you did it. And the actual truth is, no, I didn't. And I got (laughs) to tell you why. Because... There, were, there was times when I did have a couple of beers, but I was focused on being a hockey player. But even if I wanted to be, uh, if I wanted to drink, my days consisted of just like any other hockey player. You're so busy being a hockey player and finishing hockey games at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night on Friday, Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday nights, that you don't have the time. Yeah. So raising my kids, when they would come to that argument, I would explain that to them. I said, no, I had curfew. I had to be in at 10 o'clock at night minimum and my weekends were on the bus or with my hockey team and and with coaches and they didn't certainly didn't uh, allow you to go out and party so it's just nonsense so just to just to be real clear on that point it's like are there someone that are there people that do it 100 percent. that's the way life is but if you if you are uh looking at the league or the the ohl college whatever as a whole the focus is becoming that. If you don't, you're not going to last if you if you if you do that. And we're talking about some people could probably get away with it. And we're talking about like you said that like that small one percent guy that can just do whatever they want because they're going to be good enough. But the average guy or the most of the the majority of the players don't have a, have the opportunity to go out there and party because they'll be out of the league so fast. Yeah. I mean, kids are growing up now, coming th- from all over the world, and, and and instead of drinking beer, they're eating kale salad. 
and that's just the way it is and their training and their mobility and all that stuff is so different and uh so so that is the reality now am i ever saying that a 16 or 17 year old doesn't go and have a couple beers no i never would never say that um well that's not what we said but either. that's not what we said yeah exactly so you, you can throw that in context too well so my thing was I, I just laugh at these comments because you get these kids that come on and they want to talk and like whatever it's all it's a social media social thing media and like whatever that's why i never check it yeah yeah so and that's just, why that's why it doesn't actually bother us it's no. just funny to read because so you're a I, this is what i was saying to you is like you're a 17 year old or a 16 year old with the confidence to come on a clip where you have a guy that's trained a hundred plus NHL hockey players giving you perspective and more way than plus that, junior OHL hockey players. Right. And then a guy that's been through the same path, haven't trained a hundred NHLers, but been through college, been through junior, went through it. Yeah. And you got a 17 year old that's coming on and saying, well, that's not what they do. And it's like, what do you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's funny then because then a couple other people, they'll throw out, like you were saying, the 1%. So like one of the common names that were in the comments is talking about a guy like Tyler Segan. Okay. Right? That's like, what that was one of the comments? One, yeah. One of okay. them was like, well, yeah, say that to Tyler Segan or like Patrick Kane or whatever. First overall or and second overall. And I'm like, overall. you're talking about the the 0.5% of the 1% that can get away with that. That's who you're, that you're going to judge your opinion on that guy. Right. You're not Patrick Kane. You're not Tyler Segan. And if you're going to make it as a professional, you're much more likely to make it as a guy like Dalton Prout, where yep. you're a four, five, six defenseman, and you got to scrap to, to stay there. That's probably more who you're going to be. Yeah, you know, you're probably not going to be Crosby. You're not. And then even even of those one percent guys, it's not like all of them are just out getting wrecked every night either. The no. the majority of them are not doing that still, right? So you're gonna what are you going to point to Evander Kane as your yeah. example? Yeah. Like that's that's the guy you're going to model yeah. after. He's way too good at hockey, and he can afford to get away with it a little bit more than other guys. But even that is going to run out for him, right? Yeah. So it's just funny, like the lack of perspective. So for a lot, we have a lot of young kids that are listening to this, and you need to understand, like we're not just saying like rainbow and sunshine stories for you guys to try to get you. Like this is the reality. And as soon as we see some of these professional guys that you've trained, as soon as they get off, and it doesn't even have to be booze. Like we had the one guy up there that he kept going golfing and missing his workouts. Yep. And that was the end of his career. Yep. See you later. Yeah. Because you're not training in the summertime, right? Yeah. Like, it's too good. So it, it's just a, it's just funny to, to watch some of these comments. And, and we talked about before, like the being a beauty thing and all that. And some of these kids that they, that comment, they play junior, they play junior hockey. And yeah. it's like, yeah, this is why you won't progress. Like, this is why it's this attitude that will be the reason why 99% of you guys don't move on. And that is, that is what the statistic is. It's yeah. a funnel, right? Yeah. And when you go to make the next jump, if you're all hopped up and you think you made it because you played junior and you get to wear a jacket and go on the bus for the weekend, you're not making nothing. Man. Well, so, and, and when you said that we, a lot of this podcast, a lot of younger kids listen to it, that's true. But we also have a lot of junior and, and some pro guys that listen to this as well. And yep. um, so it, it, and it, and, and the message has to be clear because this is not about, uh, you know, I mean, imagine if our podcast was about, uh, you gave advice of, like in being sincere, like, yeah, just go and have fun and just enjoy it and get drunk and who cares? Like, that's the way it is. I mean, that's, it doesn't even make sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. But, but having said that, you were saying, um, you know, what you, what you made me think about is, uh, do you remember about a month and a half, maybe a month ago, we've had two guys in here that were very, very high draft picks in the OHL. Very high. Like, I'm not going to say there's where, how high, because it would reveal who they are. And I don't, 
want to say their names, but very, very high draft picks. And they were talking to my son and Jerv yeah. about uh, one of their billets had uh, a beer fridge and he could just go in there anytime he wants. And uh, so the one, that one guy um, didn't have the best work ethic. Like he doesn't really know how to do a workout. Uh, and it, it, hard work, my, my idea of hard work and his idea of hard work were two different things. So he gave my son that advice and Jerv that advice. And you just went up to them right after and said, yeah, that's why he's not playing in the NHL yeah. because yeah. he doesn't get it. Yep. He just thought that he could just be good enough. Yeah. And there was the other one that had a similar thing, not not with the booze, just didn't do the work that yeah. he had to do. Yep. And you're going to find out real fast or very quickly that th- th- that you have to be on top of your game unless yeah. you're Evander or um, Patrick Kane yeah. or Tyler Seager. Well, and they you, get away with it. You make this point all the time is like, today's your easiest day. Yeah. Right? Like tomorrow isn't easier than today. So like for some of these guys that these really, really high picks that we had in here, it's like they maybe got there and think they made it. Like I'm here, I made it. It's like no, you're in the OHL. You didn't. You're not a professional yet. No. And and the other point I wanted to make about it too is that there's a difference between trying to make it and then what your habits are when you're there. You know. Yeah. And so the point that we were making was that if you want to make it, you can't afford to have this as a habit that you're into. Yeah. Because you won't make it. Yeah. Once you're there. If you're a grown adult and you've been playing five years of professional and you pick your spots a little bit more and now you, we're talking about the behaviors of adults that are professional hockey players, that's not exactly the same thing. You know, yeah. maybe you get, you have a contract for six years and you know that, okay, I got six years that I'm going to be for sure playing. And maybe for the first two years, you loosen up a little bit. And then once your contract year comes around, you start to tighten a rate back up again. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what... Is, that's the that would be a difference when you're in that professional position now. Yeah, but that's well, not what we're talking about. And, and the other thing that I would say is, uh, um, and you're very familiar with this, is that when someone asks me a question about hockey, if it's a dad or if it's a kid, I I answer the question as if it's my own son every yeah. single time. Yeah. So if someone says, "Hey, should I play here? Should I do this?" I'm like, "Okay." I and I qualify that. I said, "Well, if it's my son, this is what I would do." And you could look at what I do with my son, and I will, you'll, you'll get the same answer. Based on how, you know, like what's best for if that was my kid at the time. So when I'm doing the podcast, I, I know that there's players out there that maybe don't know me or know you, but they watch the podcast and, you know, gets a little bit of advice. And I wouldn't be very proud of myself if I told them anything other than what I would tell my son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the advice I'm giving them. So if I, I've never once told my son, yes, it's good to go drink some beer. Never once. Never once. And and I know that might sound yeah, but he's going to maybe he will. Yeah. And it's not the hopefully point, he though. has a beard or two once in a while in his life. Not but not right now. But it, to me, it's not acceptable if he wants to go on this path. Yeah. Um. So the advice that I would give to anybody listening, if you want to achieve, if you want to be, uh, to 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 get as high as you can in this game and stay there, is that you have to literally pick your spots. And it's, sometimes it's not the most popular thing. But honestly, the thing to me. Is again, as if this is if you're my son listening to this thing, I'd be sitting there going, "You have a choice. You have a choice. Absolutely. You you ha- you can think you have arrived and and just float along and get in the coach's bad books and um, get caught or just not perform as well as you could, or you could dial it in and be the best actual hockey player that you can be in every aspect. And it actually takes all aspects of it. So if if uh, if if going out to have five beers on a Friday night or I know that's not a lot of beers but it's five or 
10 beers on a Friday night is what you think is going to help you get to the NHL. I'm sorry, it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, the other thing that people can get caught on is, um, yeah, like you said, the habits. Like, so the one guy on our on our wall um, was just the thought he was good enough. He played in the NHL and um, played a good four or five years uh, well, and then he had to go to Europe. But he he just couldn't get himself to the gym consistently because golf was more important to him than um, – than, than actually training and was he good yep but it just caught up to him yeah. it just caught up to him and uh once once it did catch up to him there was no way back and, and you know instead of making three million dollars a year he was making you know one hundred fifty thousand or, yeah. or three hundred thousand yeah and that's a big difference man huge so the question is is that do you want to take that chance and not make the money and not have the career or do you want to go and have a good time on a friday night at you know johnny's uh freaking bar well and then the the issue with him in particular, the the thing that some kids would say if they see a guy like we're talking about and he's going golfing and not at his workouts and, and whatever, they say, well, look, and even if it's not golf, it could just be whatever distraction, partying, whatever. Yeah. It could be, they would look and say, well, look, he does it. But in four or five years, like he's done. So it's like, did that actually work out for him? Like, is that lasting to you? Does, does that mean that's right. okay to do because yeah. he may, played for four years? Yeah. It's like, no, most guys, they want to make it. They want to have a career. They want to play for 10, 12, 15. They want to play for that length of time. Another example I was going to give was we were talking about Jerv last week uh, with Saginaw, 12th round pick. And he goes to camp and blows it up and signs because he was in here the whole summer doing the work. And in his from his perspective, 12th rounder, he probably could have thought it would have been reasonable to assume, okay, well, I have a year to marinate before I really have a shot at making my OHL team. So like I can afford a weekend off here and there and and take Mm -hmm. my time with it. I don't have to be too serious, go golf this day, hang out with my buddies that day, but he didn't do that. And now by the end of this year, like think of the jump that he just made. So he was like Windsor triple a playing at around the corner here. And now he's going to be playing in the most scouted development league in the world. And every NHL scout is going to know who he is by the end of next year as a 12th rounder because he just shut his pie hole, did the work, didn't let the stupid things get in the way. And now, the other day I had, yesterday and today they're coming back, the ninth ninth and 10th round picks that we have in here. Mm -hmm. We're saying, man, like, do you see what happened to Jerv? I'm so fired up seeing that now because we're ninth and 10th rounders. Like, we could do that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You stay dialed in for one more year and you'll be playing on the same stage. You stay dialed in for one more year, you're getting drafted in the NHL. You stay dialed in for a year after that, you're signing a contract. Yeah. And it's like you can keep building on that. Yeah. And for for these guys like that that make these comments that that say that like you're that's the reason why you're not going to be the guys that make it. You yeah. know. Well, so I was just thinking as you were saying that one of the, one of the things you have to look at when you're a kid is that it, it comes down to like if a guy goes golfing, and can still play hockey, he doesn't train that hard. Or the guy goes out in junior. And he can go out and drink a few beers or, you know, has a, a lifestyle that isn't what we're talking about necessarily. One of, the, one of the factors in that, it could be that that player there could be, I'm not saying it always is, but it could be like he's a talented player. Number two, maybe when he was drafted at 16 years old, he's actually in a 19-year-old body. He's physically more mature. He's closer to his ceiling that he ever, yep. uh, than, than, than maybe another guy is. So if you're close to your ceiling, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of wiggle room. Right and physically mature, but the thing is, and then and and then one thing you can't—it's harder to teach—is someone that isn't willing to work. So now, if you've got someone that's 18, 19 years old, and is you know still a pretty good junior, and, and maybe even get drafted to the NHL, but has that lifestyle of not working his nuts off, and 
he's closer to his actual ceiling than he th- that and he doesn't even know it because it's always been somewhat easy for him right. and get away with things. That's that's something. And that and and, that, and then all of a sudden he falls off and you can't understand why he didn't make his well. Number one, you didn't have the work ethic. Number two, you were messing around with like like you thought you were good, but. So what I want to say is like detach yourself and look at it from two different perspectives, not just your own. Okay, understand that there's there's a ton of work to do, and that the harder you work, is just going to be better for you. And that that if you learn how to work, then you'll learn how to you'll you'll know what work is for the rest of your life. Um, but detach yourself from your own brain and look at it from another perspective. Look at it as coaches and scouts. But let's say your coach, is it better to have your coach shaking his head at you sometimes and wanting you to give more? I don't think so. Is it better to frustrate your coach and in practices you just do it your way or you do it like uh, he wants you to go hard and you're going, you know, good enough? And is, is it better to test him and go out on a Friday night or a Saturday night or sneak around when he actually doesn't want you? Is, just, is that better for you? It's not. So so when you're when you're looking at it, and this is not called ass kissing. This is called get, making sure you get your opportunities. And, and just being responsible to becoming a pro. And, or is it better to, to work your ass off every shift, ask questions, work hard and practice, show up for workouts, keep yourself in shape. Don't, te- don't test the, the scale, like the weight scale. Like if you're supposed to be 185, don't start pushing 190. Like all these little things add up and the coach is watching. And, and uh, it's not like some minor hockey coach that doesn't know anything. These guys have been around forever and they, they're connected. Yep. Right, so they can see ceilings, and if you test that, your opportunities come in less and less. So when when you go from the a second line, eighteen year old pushing, you know, like that has potential, but you're pushing these limits, and all of a sudden you drop to the third line, that's on you. That's totally on you. You don't want to you don't want to have that on you. And then the other thing is you want to think about the player that hasn't reached the ceiling or just has that work ethic because he's coming behind you. Right, and I, that's what I told my son. I said, if you're whatever line you're on this year, fourth, maybe you sit out some games, maybe you're on the third, doesn't matter. Do it extremely, extremely well. Do everything well about it. That's everything. Create your good habits so that when your coach looks at you, he goes, okay, wow, this kid is dialed in. But number two, your next goal is to take the next spot. So if you're on third, shoot for second. I know your buddies, but that's the spot you want. That's what you're always reaching a goal. And you don't get from third line to second line from, you know, screwing off. Yeah. You do it by extreme hard work. It's yeah. a hard, hard business. Well, and to your point, even if you think, like all these kids commenting on the shit, just to go back to what you're talking about, if if they're saying, yeah, well, these guys actually drink, you don't know what you're talking about, yada, yada. It's like, okay, does it do you any good to actually think that that's true? Right. Is that actually, like you said, is that actually good for you? Is right. it actually good for you to think that? So if you're... To use a more extreme example, you're talking about guys on the team, you, you miss practice, you go, or you miss a workout, you go on out on a Friday night when you're not supposed to, or whatever, or you just think you can, whenever you have a time to have a social hour, you need to take that social hour. Is that actually good for you? Like, is that something that's actually going to benefit you in any way? And the answer is no. You're going to go have fun, and the moment of going and being social will be enjoyable. Yeah. And it'll be fun to, to shoot the shit the next day about, how fun the night was and all the stupid stuff that you guys did. Yeah. Cause we all did that. We all had yeah. those stories when on those nights that we did go out, Yeah, but that actually does, you no good. There's nothing beneficial about that. That's going to come yeah. to you for that. And, and by the end you'll be the 20 year old guy in the room that everyone knows is a scrub and blew it, you know, because you were that super high pick and all of a sudden you're not panning out. 
Yeah. You know, well, on the bottom line is you're going to have a Dalton Prout breathing down your neck. Oh yeah. And the, 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 he's the, coming, the, man. We've said this a, a, a many times on the podcast is that um, you're either passing someone or someone's passing you. You're either taking a job or someone's taking yours. And you want to be the guy that you're giving everything. Like so, Dalton when he was playing, was you know from junior uh, to to the American League to the NHL, he just scrapped his way through the whole time. Not well, he fought all the time, but I mean, <laughs> he he did things that a lot of people weren't willing to do. I mean, we talked to him, and it, we know I know it's real because he just his depth of knowledge of everything, and he had to figure things out on his own. Is you know like. What? How many guys like thinking here? This guy's playing professional hockey in the NHL, and we got two rice buckets sitting there, right? Sitting there that he gave to us, and those are used to be his rice buckets. And those rice buckets were for when he was home, and we'd eat right and you know do mobility on his own outside of uh, team time. And in uh, commercials, he would do things like strengthen his forearms. So he'd get his hands in rice buckets in commercials and work so he would get grip strength and just be stronger. So I, that's who you're competing against. So I'm not worried about the guy that's drinking yeah. or the guy that needs to have a good time. I'm worried about the guy. Like, I want to give it everything I have so that if you do pass me, if you do, which is going to be hard, or if you want to pass Dalton Prout or take his job, it's going to be real hard. Mm-hmm. And if you do, your freaking tongue's going to be hanging out. Yeah. You're going to be tired, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the attitude you want. Because what- there's a lot of Dalton Prouts out there. Yeah, and they, that's what the kids need to realize is yeah. you're not competing against Patrick Kane. You're competing against Dalton Prout because yeah. Patrick Kane has his job. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you think you're going to go outwork Patrick Kane? Okay, you might, but he's just better. Yeah. You're not going to outwork a guy like Prouter. Like that's no. that's not and no. there's going to be every team from the number 7 spot on forward on is like that. Yeah. And the number 5D on 4D on is like that. They're all husk because they're all grinding. Those are the those are the interchangeables, right? Yeah. The bottom six, the bottom three, and the backup goalie. Those are the interchangeables, you know. Yeah. And those do you, want, are, do you want to have a coach like Rod Brindamore? Yeah, Rod Brindamore. When he grew up, he was. Uh, I know they had to lock him out of the uh, when he played at Michigan. They had to lock him out, lock the gym out because he'd be in there all the time. Yeah. So when he's coaching you. Do you think he's looking at someone that wants to piss around? Yeah. This guy's like dead serious. Yeah, dead serious. Exactly. They say they say, they say that he's still uh, in better shape than most of the guys. That's your coach. Oh well, it was like he doesn't look at a guy that fluffs around. Well, like thinking of drapes. Like when the drapes comes in here, right? The guy's a specimen. Yep. He's been retired for ten years. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. It's like these are the guys that you're working against, man. That's it's, right. And so like you're not gonna you're not gonna do better than Crosby. Well, okay. okay just speaking of drapes, yeah. Chris Draper. So him and I would go for dinners and stuff like that when I was I'd do some work for him in the states, and uh, never had a beer, yeah. never. He drinks mm-hmm. once in a while, but he literally picks his spots. And so two so two things happened with that. He was a hardworking, very talented player, but very hardworking. The nutrition, and the fitness kept him going. Uh, there's actually obviously a discipline there. He still works out every morning because you know he showed me some of his workouts and stuff. And uh, what did it do for his future? It set him up for a front office job because yeah. he's got the discipline and stuff. So if you can look farther than your nose, good things happen when you have discipline. Well, I know. And they, they, these guys ooze it out, man. So it's not, that's no yeah. secret. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, do you want us to get into the questions here? Yeah, for sure. We're beating a dead horse yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're just going to finish up. So two weeks ago, we did a Q&A with a bunch of the kids that we trained, submitted some questions. So we got the back half of that that we're going to finish up today. Um, and then we'll probably do another one of these again down the road. So 
people that want questions or want to ask questions can can do that. So uh, we're going to start with Noah. Okay. So Noah asks, how do you prepare yourself for something that could be beneficial for your hockey career? Examples would be junior camp tryout or showcase for scouts. What would you do? Junior camp tryout. Yeah, so show. he's basically so he's basically asking if you know that something big's coming up, whether it's a camp, a showcase, or whatever. What are some of like the key things you need to do to prepare? And he uses prepare pretty loosely. Like he does, he doesn't specify like physically, mentally, like whatever. So yep. take that however you want. Yeah. Okay. So number one is be yourself. Um, here's the problem, right? Is as soon as we start thinking, this is what we talked about with mental toughness. So number one is you do, do what you do on a daily basis. You work hard, you do all the things that you need to do. You work on your skill. You, you, you know, you have a little bit of a, a framework of what makes you a good player. Uh, what, what are things you need to work on? You continue to work on those. Okay. That's, that's number one. The biggest mistake that people make is that they, they emphasize an event, um, bigger than what it actually is. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so the 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 answer to that question is that there's no there's no big events, there's no such thing, because they're all the same. You you need to play hockey the same, not the same way. How do I how am I saying this? You have to do what you do on a regular basis. Where we get in trouble is where we actually think that something's more important or or bigger. Here's the bottom line: every time you step on the ice, someone is watching you. Right, so if you if you choose not to have a great practice, that's on you. If you choose not to have a big game because you're only playing a, a fourth place team in a five league division, that's on you. Everything's a big game. You just have to get used to that. Everything's big. Your practice, your workouts, your nutrition, every, everything's big. So, but I understand the question because there, sometimes you only have one opportunity to show. So, when, but here's the thing: with it's 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 just simply mental toughness. If we start putting, like what happens is if we start saying there's one tryout to make this team and we start making it bigger than it is, then we start acting and doing things differently, right? So what that does is it creates anxiety and anxiety in the form of trying to perform. Uh, and and you're, it's anxiety because you're thinking too much in the future. What if, what if, what if I need to play great and you put a, a pressure on yourself when, when all you're ever doing is just doing what you do on a daily basis. So if it's a tournament, you know, I've said this to people like, like, and this is for parents and coaches. One of the mistakes they make a lot of the time is, is if there's a, a tournament or something coming up is they'll start telling the kids, okay, we got a big tournament here. You got to play well. These guys are good. Make sure you get your rest. You start doing things differently, start thinking it differently. And then all of a sudden there's more anxiety on, uh, on, on the player, but, oh, this one's a big one. They're all big. They're all big. Yeah. So what we have to learn, you know, we've said it before, but I guess it's, it's a great thing to understand is that. You have to just do what you do and perform when it needs when you, when you need to perform, and that's just what we call living in the moment, living being present, right? So we have that's why this, having the same routines, having the same routines on a, you know day after day, getting ready for hockey before the game, the warm ups and all that stuff. Your routines need to be the same, and then all you can do is control what you can control, and all you can control when you're on the ice is is that which when you're on the ice your habits. So that's why it's very important to have good habits and have like, you know, I always talk about three, three to five things that, that quantify what makes you have a good shift and you do it hard. So if you're a, if you're a ham and anger, it's, it's, it's all the grind work, you know, the back checking, the getting pucks out, getting to the net, those little habits make the big things happen. Yeah. So my comment to that is, is just 
do your do your job on the ice, get off the ice and go through your couple of things and just refocus to to make sure that you perform because performance goes down when you create too much anxiety, yeah. and that's what the question is in my opinion is. Um, is anxiety. It's You're creating anxiety for yourself. There's no such thing as a big game. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's Treat it the same. Yep. I like that. So treat everything like it's the same. And branching, because I agree totally, that's exactly what I would have said as my answer. But branching off the routine piece of it, and you were touching on it at the end there, this is why it's really important to have a good routine. Because then you don't have to change anything. Yep. Right? So assuming you have that, assuming you have like a good game day routine, assuming you're eating pretty well, and all those kind of things. And then we have like a lot of information on how to do that. Assuming you have those things, when the big day comes, you change nothing. Nope. You change nothing. You just do it the exact same way you would have done it. So interesting little story on this, because this was something, a mistake I used to make all the freaking time, man. I had, uh, it might've been Jerv or it was Charlie. I forget who, one of them, were asking me going into their camp, OHL camp. So what should I do? Like if I have, if I have this game, like what kind of stuff should I be doing during the day in the morning or whatever? What kind of stuff should I be eating? Whatever. And this was my exact answer to them. I was like, you don't change nothing. I was like, you guys have good routines. You guys have good habits. Do whatever you would normally do on a day where you go to skate. It's the exact same thing. So that means you're getting up, you're eating properly. You're getting a little bit of movement in during the day. And then you're eating properly again after that leading up to your game. And that's all you're doing. There's no, no, no magic thing you need to do. No new warm up, no new workout you need to do in the morning. You don't have to do any of that. You guys, your habits are solid. So you just keep that cruising right into your next game. And there's nothing that needs to change. Because what you don't want to do is you kind of reinvent the wheel for yourself that day. And you give your body something that it's not used to. And that's something that could throw you off. Yep. So an example, personal story for me. I remember my first camp when I was, <laughs> I was going up there. I woke up. I got up earlier than normal on purpose because I was like, okay, it's camp. Like, let's make sure we're dialed in today. So I got up at like 6 for whatever reason. And I went for a run and like to like loosen up was my thought. Right. And like, I would never go for runs right before like skating or whatever. So I went for like a 15 minute run and I don't hadn't been running ever. So to not run ever. And then to go for a 15 minute run, like you're going to yep. feel the 15 minute run yep. the next day. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. My legs were sore the next day because I did a 15 minute run when yeah. I was 16 because yeah. I thought I needed to do like extra preparation yeah. leading into my camp. And it's like, why would you do that? Like that you're just changing how your body normally prepares to go to skate. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, and that's probably counterintuitive. Like something that kids wouldn't think uh, to do, they would think they need to do extra things or do something more, more particular because there's this like big thing coming up. Yeah. And the answer is no, the answer is the opposite. Make sure you have good habits already set obviously and then you just keep those things going yep. there's no change there's nothing That's right mentally there doesn't have to be a change physically there doesn't have to be a change from a nutrition perspective that doesn't have to be a change assuming you have those habits already set up for yourself pretty well yeah and if you don't then you need to start getting into resources that will fix those habits for you if you feel like you don't have a good pregame routine or a good game day routine or a good sleep schedule or a good like eating habits or whatever they need to improve those so you have that and then you don't have to change anything right yeah. So yeah. that's all I would say on that. Yeah. So I'll give two more examples because I think it's it's important for, for Noah to understand that and everybody else. So just uh, since uh, it was March till now, as I'm using Charlie for an example. So he got invited to a skate in Marmara, which is outside of Belleville with some top players. 
And the reason that this was a big thing was because of the COVID year, there wasn't, I mean, Charlie was like, the kids were still scouted and there was a lot of video done and we had the opportunity to put kids on the ice and had scouts show up. So that's fine. Uh, so he, he so, so anyways, he had this, I could say it was a one, a one-time deal to show your stuff. Could say that mm-hmm. because it was, uh, for him, it was, it was, it was one time and then they shut down until the draft. There was no hockey because of the COVID. So he knew that maybe there would be a couple more, who knows, but it could be one. It's And it, every time you're on the ice, it could be the last time someone sees mm-hmm. you. So that's why you always want to have your habits and everything dialed in. So anyways, as we were driving up the night before, um, we talked about, you know, a little bit about it. I said, are you excited to play? He goes, yeah. That's how I always talk to him. And I made sure that he didn't make it more of a big thing, but I also made sure that he's dialed in and and, and just basically go through your things. And, and But my advice to him was... Just be you and you're going to be fine. Just do your five things, right? Mm-hmm. Do your five things and everything will fall into place because you're not going to be, let's just say they had them, him pegged as a top 100 player. He's not going to fall to 200 that game mm-hmm. and he's not going to go to number one. So you're going to be somewhere in there, right? So if you go and do what you do, you're going to be you're going to be fine. So he didn't change anything about it. Uh, he was a little nervous because he knew every scout in the OHL was going to be there. Plus, right, the GMs, plus coaches and stuff. And I guess the place was full of just pure scouts. So if he was worried about what the Kingston scout would thought or or all these scouts now, now I have to play good. No, you have to play good all the time like you always do. The rink is the rink. And everything inside that glass is the only thing that's the only thing you can control are your habits. So all the other stuff is just, it's there all the time anyways. But the first point of that is, is, you're, they already have a clue who you are. They already do, right? So just do your thing. And that that game was like, yeah, that's what it did. It worked out really well. Yep. But he didn't change anything different. Didn't didn't score eight goals. He just did what he did, normally did. And the people like what they like. They saw what they saw. And they saw what they saw before. The second thing was when he when he went to Guelph for, for the camp this year, he, uh, and I said this a couple podcasts ago, sorry to repeat it, but it's important for to answer this question, is that I saw this the minute that he stepped on the ice for the first uh, scrimmage that he wasn't going to have his game. And the, the reason was, is there was, he was hanging around with some of the guys. That's not a bad thing. That was a great thing. They're beauties. And, but he got maybe, I don't want to say comfortable, but he got, um, now that they they knew him, or maybe he was uncomfortable because they're older and they've been in the league, and the way he does things isn't exactly the way they did things. And then if he did something differently than what the norm is there, then maybe he would stick out in not a cool way. Mm-hmm. So I saw in his warm up on the ice that he didn't do his not normal thing, and then I could almost see his body language saying, "Okay, I got to do something to." I got to do something to fit in. I don't want to step out of line. Like if I go, if I go like like in his games. If he goes and runs someone in camp, is he, how's that going to go? Well, that's actually good. <laughs> but in his mind, he was sitting there going like for the first skate, anyways. Okay, I got to make sure I'm kind of cool. So he was right out of his routine, and he didn't play his game. And he knew it, and I knew it. And we it was a two second talk. That was all it was because he said it to me, and I said, "Yeah, you're out of routine. You didn't do what you do." Yep. So the only way that you can ensure that you're going to have success on the ice or whatever is you do your routines and you just worry about you and the, the task at hand and 
not for the whole game, for the time that you have to be there. Yep. Right? So when you go to the bench, you get allowed to breathe. You're allowed to breathe, refocus, and re-engage, and then get out there and do your job. And and if you do that shift after shift, it's only like really in an hour game, it's only if, if, for the average guy, 15, 15 minutes yep. that you have to focus and do well. So a lot of distractions, a lot of anxiety going into it if you think too far ahead. And then when it's done, the other thing is to let it go. Fix what you need to fix and let it go. Yep. So Good. stay present, man. Good answer. There's no there's no other answer, though. Yeah, No, that, that's right. There is no other answer. Because the, th- the thing is, is that you can get really caught up in, this is where parents and coaches can, w- w- they have very good intentions, right? But the, 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 the message is wrong a lot of the times. Like, this is a big game. This guy's going to be watching. Grandma's coming. You know, big arena, whatever. All, the, all that stuff doesn't matter. It's just, it's just a hockey yeah. game. It's yeah. just a hockey game. That's, that's a good good tip to leave with the parents, too, is like you, you always want to be facilitating positive development for your kid you don't you don't ever want to be the reason that you're adding more pressure to the situation you know because that was something that i experienced a lot it's like added pressure for no reason yeah about things that don't actually matter that much yeah except like outside of keeping what's important important just like unnecessary things to cause anxiety while you're playing on the ice just not necessary you know so for parents you got to keep that in mind man like the kids are trying to play and most of the time, you don't really know what's important and what isn't important. So, and it, yeah. well, it's, it's and it's so funny, like listening to you talk about it too. Just to keep this going for a little longer, <laughs> <laughs> listening to you, how you talk to Charlie as a guy who knows. I've said this a million times. Like as a guy that actually has something substantial to offer in terms of the specifics of hockey, you still don't unless it's completely called for. You know, it's you excited to play today. Mm-hmm. just do your thing man it's all like it's all good nothing's different mm-hmm. you know it's not talking about the ins and outs of where you're gonna go and all this kind of stuff so it's just that's important for the parents to listen keep in to mind your coach sure. yeah one of the one of the areas that i find um guys get flustered is the goalie position is that a, that's a funny word the goalie position yeah, the goalie position but i see goalies fall apart quickly like it's it's amazing, and they got to be mentally tough. Oh yeah. Like one bad goal or one goal that they think they could have had, and and I've seen some of them just fall right apart. You get one bad one, and they're Flood it's gates. over. Yeah. And this is like a position where you really so. If you ever seen, you can see the goalies that have well, I, I, most of them have done some mental toughness training because uh, Holtby's one of them. So you know, after every play, what he does is he takes his water bottle, takes a squirt, I think, and he either spits it or he takes his water bottle and pops it out. Yeah. yeah. What what that is, it's a it's a it's a mental toughness technique. Yeah. So that when when whatever happened, what it what that does is it flushes. It's his way of doing anchor. It's they call that. That's what you call it. It's yeah. an anchor yeah. that says, okay, it's over. Start again. Yep. So whether he made the best save in the world, stopped a five on zero with twelve shots, <laughs> right? Did the splits, whatever, or he let in the worst goal ever. It's over. Now I start over. And that's very, very important. So any player can do that. Like after every shift, you can come to the bench and have an anchor where you can say, you know, I did this, this, and this. Good. Got to fix that. Good. Then maybe it's tapping your stick. Maybe it's just a deep breath. Breathing's really good. And let it go. And then refocus and re-engage. Yeah, and you it's gotta, really important. You got to practice because that's easier said than done. Right? Oh, it's, so it's practice. Like, it's really, impor- it's really Listen, important. You got to like practice. We, like we said before, what, what part of the game is mental? 
There's a percentage of the game that's mental, but how much do we practice it? Yeah, not none. much. Yeah. Not much at all. We're scratching the scratch of it. So that, little things like that are mental toughness drills. Mm-hmm. And um, and and just a side note, just a side 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 note, is uh, another one. A goalie, for example, is it's a big game. It's a big tournament. Whatever it is, okay, that's fine. So let's go. Let's say you go out to your first camp and your first time on the ice, twelve shots, twelve goals. Is that actually who you are? I don't know. Because you probably got invited to that camp with a better average than that. Yeah. So that's pro- maybe one day, one reflection. Not everyone's going to write you off on that day. Yeah. Right? Go ahead and be yourself. You had a bad day. So just staying mentally tough. And scouts and people that have watched you, they have an idea. Right? They have an idea. You've been re- Even if they've never seen you, you've been recommended by someone. Yeah, it's not a make or break that day. Yeah, not yeah, that yeah. day. Yeah. Not that day. Yeah. So it's just go be yourself. Learn how to be yourself. Yeah, sure. Is that an answer? Yeah, knock that one dead for sure okay uh so next one we got from ryan so ryan is this is a kid coming from a kid that could possibly be playing in the ohl next year yeah so uh he says since the season is coming up uh what should you be eating or drinking before your hockey game if it's at night compared to the morning or earlier in the game at night yeah so how should you be how should you eating or what your hydration change depending on what time of day the game is and then how much should you be eating and around what time so, you want to throw your thoughts? Or you want me to start? Well, there? okay. So for me, is everything again? It goes down to routines. Keep it very simple. Uh, eat or drink. Drink all the time. You should be sipping on water all the time. Um, I'll let you dial in a little bit more on the game day nutrition because yeah. you're actually smarter than that. Smarter in this area than I am. Okay. I'm not stupid. Yeah, you you kind of know. You could say yeah. it too. Um, so let's say you have a night game. So the key, okay, so a couple couple principles. We've talked about this before. But the key on your game day is you want to be light. So that, from a nutrition perspective, you want to feel light. So a lot of guys have, they've gone into, and you go into games and you feel like you got the mud legs or cement legs, not, not good. So that's, there's usually two reasons for that. One would be you didn't move that day yet. And the second reason is you ate stupid. So those are really the only two things. Assuming you're already in shape and like you're a good player and you can, you've felt good legs on the ice before. If yeah. you're feeling cement legs, it's one of those two things. So we'll stick on the nutrition thing, obviously for this question. So before your game, you want to err on the side of not enough food, then too much food. Always. That's yeah. the principle because you can't undo too much, but you can always eat something if yeah. you don't have, you always have a little bit of a banana. Yeah. Right. So you can always get quick sugars in you. So we, we did the whole episode on nutrition, which would be really beneficial for you guys to go back and listen to. And it's not that it's not that every single thing, because like I'm not an expert on nutrition, you're not an expert on nutrition. We know some things and it's just a baseline to get you guys started. It's not like everything is gospel or whatever, but they're just some ideas to get guys started on what they can do. So that's a good thing to, to listen to for that. So real quick, when you're eating on your game day, you want to eat things that you digest well. So that means things that aren't going to upset your stomach or make you have a gas attack or be on the toilet for 10 minutes, five times that day. Like these are things we want to avoid, yeah. <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah. And then the other thing is you want things that will digest quickly. So things that aren't going to just sit in your stomach for hours and hours. So that means like lower fat typically. Mm-hmm. So you're, you want to be focused on like carbohydrates and protein on the day that you're, that you're playing. Now, the, the trick with the carbohydrates is people think this is like an older way of thinking about things, but, and I'm sure you can talk about this from when you played, is you got to like carb load. You yeah. need to have like, the, like a lot of pasta, a bunch of rice, a bunch of whatever. 
because you need to have the energy for your game. So like the carb load thing isn't really necessary. You want to eat carbs and protein, but it's always moderate. Like we're talking moderate everything for the whole day, nice and light. If you're going to do a little bit heavier eating, it would be like the day before you want to do that. Because on the game day, if you're eating a whole bunch of carbs, you're going to want to take a nap, man. Yeah. Right. So that's not what you want. So you got to, got to, the general principles are going to be keep it light and uh, focus more protein, carbohydrate and things that are going to digest easily. So that that's in, in brief, that's it. So now when it comes to the time, it doesn't really matter because you want to have a bigger meal. Let's say your game is at seven o'clock. Your big, bigger meal will be around like two and it shouldn't be much later than that because then you can start to run into problems where you're not digested until your game. So a good, a good place to start is around like two o'clock for a, a bigger pregame meal. Yeah. And then if you need something before your game, you can have a, a snack of some sort before you guys actually go out to play. And that could be just a quicker sugar type thing just to like take the edge off the hunger yeah. more or less. If you play earlier in the day, if you're playing at like an afternoon game or something at two o'clock, I think these guys are playing junior, so they won't have a lot of morning games necessarily anymore. But if you're playing at two o'clock, then same thing. You still want to eat like your bigger meal should still be around like 10 o'clock at like maximum. And then yeah. if you need something closer to your game, then you can have something. Yeah. But the majority of the eating for an earlier game would have been done the day before. So that's why you want to make sure you're dialed in every day. You can't afford to have a bad day eating if you want to stay as dialed in as possible. So those are the, th the what I would say. And then maybe just for like some of the AAA kids, if you have a tournament or whatever and you're going to play at 10 and then you play again at 7 or whatever, they do that sometimes. It's the same. You still want to keep it light. So if you play at 10 o'clock, you're probably I don't, like you shouldn't go crush like the waffle and pancake breakfast at 8 o'clock that they have at the hotel. Like that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. So you still you want to keep it light. Same thing. So, so you can have a bowl of oatmeal or something like that. Keep it light with like some protein in it or whatever couple eggs that's fine but always erring on the side of too light rather than too heavy because yeah. you can't undo heavy so that's yeah. all i'd really say on that i don't know if you have any other yeah no and then it's i think a lot of uh, your daily habits for eating is uh let's say well, like when you say carb loading right so th that's where life gets confusing oh yeah man. It just gets too confusing like yeah. nutrition's a really tricky oh, we thing we talk about this all the time how much like yeah nutrition's a tricky thing because Number one, there's emotions involved in it. So if you're tired, you're going to want to eat. If you're celebrating something, you want to, you know, you. it's like a lot of celebratory things are around food. A lot of things that we do is around food. So food has a, uh, I don't want to say a stigma, but there's something about food that uh, you have to unlearn to, to put emotions around food. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. You have to unlearn how to do that. And you have to learn as an athlete how to eat for performance. And I would even say for parents, like for me, I, I find just being consistent in, in good eating and just not realizing that every celebration or everything is about eating, right? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So as, a, as kids, if you eat consistently, like we went out for lunch with Charlie the other day. I'm so proud of the choices he's making away from home. He's been eating really healthy. And typically, if you went two years ago or even last year before he was, um, before he was drafted and playing, uh, if we would have went out to that restaurant that we went to, he probably would have went burger or wings or something like that. That would have been his go-to, and I, I get that. Mm -hmm. But now that he's in the mindset of of performing, every day he's making good choices so that even if you do get off a little bit, you, you've done consistent things that you're not moving the needle ridiculously. Yep. So that day he had he had a Power Bowl like us, a fish. Salmon salad. Fish, yeah, salmon Power Bowl. Yeah. 
and there's a little bit of brown rice and, and all the veggies and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And he goes, this is, I like eating like this now. But the thing is that now you're not so, you don't have to think so much about your eating, right? Because even, even though you, it could be a lot, it's still a little bit lighter than what the oh, yeah. burger and the wings are going to be anyway. Sure. So, so it's just, I, th- I think it's just getting used to having some green stuff on your plate and having, um, and the other thing with eating is a lot of times people like, it's, it's so funny. Like, I don't like it. It's like, what, what don't you like about it? Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, for me, yeah. it's a banana. I can't eat a banana. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't even smell them. Um, yeah. In a, in, a, in a raw tomato, I have a hard time eating. Those are two things. But other than that, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't eat for taste. Yep. Yeah, I eat so that I can live now. Well, we, I eat for performance more. Yeah. And if you want to call mine performance, I guess it kind of is. No, it's that's it's performance, man. Whatever performance means for you, it's performance. It's, yeah. It could be just showing up to your office job and being dialed in at your 10 meetings that day. Yeah. Like that, that is still performance, right? Yeah. And and the big thing, the, the big thing with food is... I was saying this before to you, I've talked like people eat for like maximum amount of mouth pleasure. Yeah. Like that is the yeah. motivation to eat for a lot of people. It's like, yeah. if this doesn't taste as optimal as possible in my mouth, yeah. then I don't like it. Yeah. Like that's what the thought is. And yeah. it's, that's not why humans eat food. Yeah. You know, and you know, you go for dinner, you go for like a celebration. Like you said, there's a cultural thing about food and you want to have a nice meal and eat a little bit of shit after and whatever and dance it up with all the butter and sauce and all this, whatever. Yeah. Okay, but just on a daily basis, it's like you should yeah. be eating to feel as good as possible. That's yeah. the point of eating. It's like yeah. it's not so your mouth feels as good as possible. Yeah. It's that your internals feel as good as possible. Yeah. You have mental clarity. You can function. You can yeah. perform well. If you're an athlete, it's so that you can you can run fast. You can skate fast. You can make good decisions in your game. Like that. This is the point of eating. It's not for mouth pleasure. Yeah. And that cultural piece you're talking about. That's where we've our brains have been infiltrated to think that. Oh, if this is not optimally ratioed in my mouth, then I don't like it. You know, yeah. well, it's I, like like when I think of salad, like I, I I I that's another thing I cannot eat is the white sauces like yeah. ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, like when I have a salad, which I have lots of salads, is I never put anything other than oil and balsamic vinegar. Yeah. And a lot of people would say, well, that doesn't it tastes fine, man. It tastes fine. I don't know how good a salad's supposed to taste. Yeah. It tastes fine. <laughs> like <laughs> there's veg- vegetables. Yeah. There's my proteins in there and stuff. It's fine. Yeah. I don't need to have ranch yeah. to make it taste like now you're making it a dessert or a blech. Yeah. But it, it, you make it something else. Or you, it, you know, you don't have to. Anyways, it's a tricky thing. So the bottom line is to go to your point is, or to add to your point would be. I would make sure that you get in the habit of, like you said earlier, what do you have for breakfast in the morning? Is it a decent breakfast? Is it oatmeal and eggs or whatever? That's fine. Keep that fairly consistent. Have a decent lunch, but eat your healthy foods most of the time. And then if you get off a little bit, you ate a little bit too much, it's not going to be the end of the world too much. If you eat a little bit less, as you said, have a banana or have a a, a cliff bar. Have a toast. Have have a a piece of toast. Have uh, have the old... uh, Sydney Crosby peanut butter and jelly before the game, whatever, and you're going to be fine. Yep. You're going to be fine. You're totally. not starving. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about that forever. Yeah. But, oh, actually, last piece on this, just on the hydration, real quick. You know, like just like you said, sip water all day. If you're find you're peeing a lot because you're drinking a lot, yeah. then you might want to add a little something, something to yeah. your to your water, like yeah. a little bit of salt or something yeah. like that, because uh, overhydrating can also be not an table issue, salt, right? Yeah, not table salt, Himalayan yeah. salt, or you know. 
electrolytes. Yeah, if you got like if you you got BioSteel in the budget, yeah. that's the that's yeah. the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next one we got is from Josh. Josh says, "How many times a week should players be working out during the season, and what type of workouts are best to do?" Me or you? Me? You want it? Or you want me to go I'll first? I'll start with it. Okay, go ahead. Um, we just talked about this last episode about working out, and um, your workout should consist about to maintain your strength from uh, from the summer's work. So during the season, you, you you don't want to overdo it. That's for sure. But you want to get about uh, at least a couple workouts in a week. Only a couple workouts, a couple sets of uh, to maintain strength. That's something that I would recommend. The type of workouts you would do is uh, you still do your strength work. And then, but you want to make pay uh, a lot of attention to your mobility because you're going to be in that hockey stance all summer, and you're going to get your weak hips and ankles and all those different things. So you want to make sure that your body, you're not letting your body go into the fishing pole totally. Yeah. Try to try to keep that in line, keep yourself mobile, and uh, that's that's what I would say. But uh, other on top of that, what I would say is spend time on your skill work as well. Um, I would say that uh, what happens in the hockey season, because the workouts now aren't going to take forever. You can do mobility. You can do mobility before games and practices very easily. Uh, you can do them at home. Your lifts a couple times a week is uh, it's not going to be the end of the world hard. But where I would say that um, uh, uh, an area that I would say that you want to continue to work on is your skill work, because what happens a lot of the times is you get into the season and you're playing games, you're doing practices, and you're doing a lot of flow stuff. And I've seen a lot of teams, when, they, when, they, when they're doing their practices, they're just not that hard. So because so, some coaches will go to the board and they'll talk all day or they'll stop the practice and get an hour, hour and a half practice here. There's only maybe 20 minutes of work sometimes. I've seen it. Yeah. Or the drills are, like, not really making you better necessarily. You're just going through some reps of, you know, positional stuff. or. Yeah. So I think it's really important to do some uh, um, skill work. Um, I'm going to back up one second. The other thing I would say to do, though, is uh, like a little thing you can do that will never hurt you is like what I was talking about with Dalton earlier is work the forearms so that you have some strength in your forearms, right? That, that'll increment, incrementally help your shot and your grip strength. So that's a good thing. Um, and then so as far as your skill work goes, it doesn't have to be real hard stuff either because you got there's a fine line between going – volume of uh, skates and volumes of workouts and then doing skill work that's just mindless hard stuff so what you want to do is you want to be more specific and find areas in your game that you have some gaps um so i would say what most people during the year they do less stick handling than they would in the summertime so i would do i would make sure that you get into some uh some habits of getting into some good stick handling movements so like for example you can go to our website and you can look up the, all our stick handling stuff and just pick a few from there and just do some repetitions so that your hands are always always fresh. Um, some skating mechanic stuff, I mean, the same thing. Go on our website and do that. But do things that are going to enhance uh, your that's going to enhance your game because you're doing so many system-orientated stuff. And, uh, and then work shooting. But not – see, the thing is, is when you're doing skill work, is it's important to not just to do the – like if I, when I say shooting, not just to shoot mindlessly again yeah. slow things down and, and you know do it on purpose yeah. do it on purpose so you know just a couple of things that come to mind is learning how to keep the puck in front of you so that you're not telegraphing so your feet are moving and, and learning how to rip that puck hard 
uh, work on two different shots, three different shots a week so that you're not just doing the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, taking pass off of bad, bad ang- um, angles or rims or whatever it is. But skill work, I would say, is something that's very, very important on top of um, the amount of workouts that you do. Yeah. Now, having said all that, sometimes it can sound overwhelming, like how much time do you actually have? It it, it, it takes time. It does. you got to put some time into it. But um, it's it's not it's not crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I... Touching on that first, one thing that I'm noticing a lot with younger kids now, like stuff that I used to do on my own, like at home, like like stick handling in the driveway or shooting on the shooting at home or like whatever, I'm finding kids aren't really doing that a whole lot anymore. And I think that's goes to your point. In the summer, it's not as much of a problem because you're doing all these camps and on the ice and whatever. But then during the season, that's actually an issue because everything's team focused, you know. So even if a couple times a week, you just and just do what you can if you don't have access to an ice rink outside of your team practice right. just do what you can at home stick handling in the driveway in the garage on the road shoot pucks at home the best you can like work on little things whatever those gaps are in your game find a way to, to do something that are at home with what you have right yep. if you're if you're not good at picking up pucks off the wall like put a bunch against the curb on the road and just practice yep. picking them up like like there's a bunch of stuff you can do at home and that's like the skill work shouldn't stop in this in the season and this is another thing i remember for myself personally i would always come out of the gates and during the season yeah. i'd do your camp at the end of summer and then i'd be in the season firing and then two three months into the summer it would just start to go down you mean in the two three in months the, sorry, the in the season it yeah. would start to just go downhill after that and there's a lot of reasons for that but one of the reasons was that i wasn't in that like dialed in intentional smart hard-working environment of how it was at your camp yeah and you want to try to recreate that for yourself away from the rink when you're at home as best you can and obviously it's not optimal most of the time you have to figure out ways to do things that you would just be easier to to have on the ice but too bad right find a way a couple times a week i remember being in high school i remember the schedule you have time you have time to do it you got an hour after school you have an hour before dinner you have an hour after dinner where you can work on stuff and it and if you do it intentionally like you don't have to be out there all day either and if you love hockey you'll probably want to anyways yeah but it's not that you need to be out there your whole life doing it's an hour of intentional practice is better than four hours of mindless nothing you know big time so so that's a a really important thing i'm glad you're pointing that out and then i before i go to the workout thing quick did you want to throw anything else in there um well i I could talk forever about skill development but uh, um and I won't right now. <laughs> yeah. No, because I can't. I can't yeah, yeah, no, forever I can. on that. I but but I'll, I'll leave it on this. Is one of the best pieces of advice. I love getting, I love when someone has good advice and it's not me for, for my son or for, well, for my son. Because yeah. uh, all the other kids pretty much listen to me or they try to. Um, but his, his agent, first time he ever really spoke to him, he said, Charlie, if you want to be a hockey player, he goes, what are you doing? that other people aren't doing. Like if you want to be a hockey player. He goes, do you, and he gave him examples. He goes, do you get up maybe half an hour early to do push-ups or squats or shoot pucks, read something that's going to make you a better person? Because when you come home from from school, what, what, what are your habits? Do you go and watch TV? Do you get something good in your system? Do you go shoot pucks? Do you go for a run? Do you do stick handling? Do you shoot a thousand pucks a week? He goes, like, what do you do? He goes, because that's going to be the big separator. And like we said last week is there's, 
when you do these things, you don't notice on day one or day two or day 20 sometimes. But these are little wins. They're mental wins and they're physical wins. And what you do over a long period of time is who you are. So all of a sudden, you've done shooting 100 pucks a night, let's say, which isn't a lot, after, right after school with a little bit of intention, you know, focusing on doing it properly. And then the next thing you know, it's six months later, as we talked about with Jerv, it when it hit, all of a sudden everyone goes, wow, can you shoot? And, or your, your confidence goes way up, and then you realize it's just those little habits that happen. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I would say the same thing for the fitness. It's like if you don't do it, you're not going to know what you're missing, right? If you work out hard in the summertime and then you just start the season and you don't take the two hours a week, or it's not even two hours a week to maintain your strength, you're not going to know that you're missing it. But if you do the, 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 the weight training, the fitness, whatever it is you want to call it, your workouts and your mobility, you're going to notice that from September to December, you're probably going to have an edge on people. But more importantly, you're going to have a, more of an edge on people from January to March in playoffs because you're going to be still strong yep. and you're going to be ahead of the game. And then more importantly, when the off season comes, you're not starting from back at zero. You're starting from probably 80% of where you were. So now you're making gains. So it's little wins over a period of time and it's just how you have to do it. Yep. And, you know, we have choices. Every day as players, as people, we have choices. We can choose things to make us better. We can choose things to make us worse. You're not choosing something to keep you the same. That's just the bottom line. So as a player, right, how we eat, and then little things like the skill work, finding the time to do your squats. And, guys, it doesn't have to be the most fancy thing in the world. right? You don't have to come to this gym to do it. It's more beneficial for sure, but it it's very, very important that you, you keep your habits so that you're ahead, not falling behind. Because there's only, there's only two. You're getting better, you're getting worse, and that's it. That's all. Yep. Yeah, and I like, you know, he asked about working out in particular, but I like how you put that skill piece in there because that is an element of your working out. Like when you're talking about working out during the season, your goal is maintenance work, and yep. skills should be a piece of that. Then in terms of just to reiterate what you said at the start for the working out, my prescription is twice a week. You do a strength day, you do a power day. So a strength day where you're doing slower, heavier moves to maintain the work that you did in the off season. So just a couple heavy sets of your main lifts. So a push, a pull, a leg, one of each, a couple sets heavy with some warm up. So let's, let's just say that a push, a pull and a leg workout. So you're talking could be a, uh, so a squat, say squats for your legs, a pull could be pull-ups, could be rows, bent over yeah. rows. Well, I'll, I'll, tell, you exactly, I'll okay. tell you exactly what it is. So so this is what I do with our guys, and I'm going to be doing through this season. So I have every week we alternate the workout. So let's say the first week on a Monday, as far away from your game as possible, you're going to do your strength maintenance. So we're going to do a leg move. So we'll do a deadlift. Then we're going to do a push move. We'll do a some kind of bench or a chest press. And then we're going to do a pull move, a pull-up. So we'll do a couple sets to warm up and then two heavy sets of each for yep. like sets of four, yep. let's say just two with good rest. With, periods in yeah. Between. Good yep. rest, good full rest in between. So the four reps, but it's a, it's four, like it's four. You could maybe get five if you really got yep. it out, but you're, you're getting towards failure by rep four. So that's the strength piece. And then the 
other day, which would be as close to your game as possible, we would do more of like a power day. So let's say you play on a Friday. This I would do on a Thursday. So you're going to do same thing. We're going to do more of a push, more of a pull and, and uh, a leg movement. And we're doing it for for speed. We're doing it for to move quickly. Yep. So for example, I would do like a box jump. That would be like our leg. So we're moving fast, not not under load necessarily. Then maybe like a, a snatch or a clean or something like that. Moving something and we're keeping it light. We're not going heavy and we're just moving it fast. Yep. So that's what we're focusing on on that. So same thing. We'd pick three exercises like that for that day. A couple sets to warm up and then two or three sets of like six to eight, just moving things fast. Yep. And that's, that's all that it, that it is for that. That's the bulk of the work for that workout. Yeah. Not then, the end of the world. No. And, and it's not, this is the the point we, when we were, we were talking to Chad from Edmonton. He's the strength coach for Edmonton and his way of phrasing it, which I agree with is like a microdose approach, right? You're going, what's the least amount of work you can do for the most return because you don't want to break yourself down further. Yeah. And this gets into the conversation about like the less is more idea in when you're in season in terms of gym work. And for the young guys, it's not as much of an issue because a lot of them still need to develop the work ethic and you don't want to you don't want to err on the side of not enough work before yeah. you've developed the work ethic, right? So yeah. for a lot of the guys we had here in the summer, like the OH, OHL guys, the draft guys, I got to pull them back. Like I yeah. got to try to convince them not to do more now, yeah. which I would rather that, yeah, you know, 100%. then you have to, it's pulling teeth to get a guy to come to the gym for a workout, you know? Yeah. So, so twice a week you're doing a strength day, you're doing a power day. So I, I laid out the strength day for you. The power day would be uh, same thing. Like I just said. And then to your point before, you're talking about mobility, but the way that you use the word mobility, you mean more like all, an all-encompassing word for like mobility, corrective movements, injury prevention. Yep. So when you say mobility, you're, you mean all of those things, and that's what starts out our workout. So we do our yep. regular warm-up, get the, get the blood flow out, get the heart rate up, whether it's you're on a bike or whatever for a few minutes. Then we do our dynamic thing the same, and then we get into that corrective stuff where we're working on like movement quality, good structure, and trying to undo like overuse stuff. So for yep. hockey players, it's always bad shoulders, bad hips, because we're overused. Our posture starts to curl up, yep. and we're trying to undo all of that. Yeah. And then you get into either your strength or power work, depending on the day. And then on the strength day, I usually add some core stuff in at the end too. So a little bit of like isometric hold stuff. And then on the power day at the end, we would do like a flow, like a yoga thing or something to stay loose going in because our game would be the next day or whatever. Yeah. So th those would be like your two workouts a week, briefly speaking that's what i would recommend that's what you recommend and that's yeah based on like what hockey players would normally do and what you'll be able to fit in with your schedule right yeah so like the the high in intensity stuff like you're getting that on the ice yeah you're, like that's your you're maintaining that on the ice that's you don't need to do that in the gym the gym's about maintaining what strength you have so it'll feel a lot different and it might be even underwhelming when you leave the gym yeah during the season because you yeah. don't feel like you're not leaving in a puddle necessarily yeah. you know yeah. so that and that's that's proper though. It's, it's intentional. Yeah. It's, it's on purpose. So well, you got to keep that in mind. Speaking of underwhelming, right? Like, so if you were to think, you know, I was, I was amazed when I actually learned about speed, how little you have to do. So well, as I started learning about, it, I'm like, most people, most people way overtrain speed to, to fatigue and it's actually defeating the purpose. So, because it's, it's, it's actually hard when you're, when you work hard. To, to take or to, to gain maximum strength too. You, you take long, long breaks if you want to have maximum strength. 
So going that goes against that defeats the purpose. It's like leisurely almost. You get you go like really hard for like if you're doing uh, strength, you're doing really hard for like a very 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 short period of time. Then you're resting like ten to twenty times the, the amount of work that yeah. you did. So it looks like you're not doing anything, but it's actually you're doing exactly what you need to do. Yeah. So to in order to enable your your uh, central nervous system to to get back to zero, it takes that much time because you're tapping into it so much. And the speed work, for example, it was like 10 meters, a flying 10, six times is going to make me fast? No. And it's hard to believe. No, it can't. Yeah. There's no way it can. That's a total of 60 meters of running. And you want me to rest in between? Huh? Yeah. That doesn't make sense, but it's actually, that's how you get fast. Yeah. yeah. So like what you're saying about the workouts is like in this in the season, you, you don't want to tap yourself out. You actually want to be beneficial. And it's that's you got the yeah. It should be complimenting. It shouldn't be taking away. Yeah. And this is another mistake I made was the yeah. overtraining in the season. Man, I would go to the gym like four times a week in the season. Like, yep. and for some reason I had no adults to say, "Hey, stupid, yeah, like, stop doing that." You yep. know. But the, and then the last the, the last point I want to emphasize because we're kind of beating this one too is uh, I really want to highlight it's about the quality. It is about the quality. It is not about like don't show up and go through the motions. Don't show up and not and half-ass the mobility stuff and the corrective movements. The strength work, if it's four reps, make it four, not ten, and you only did four. Yeah. Like it's about the quality, and yeah. you're only going to be in the gym for like an hour, plus or minus. You want to make sure that you're in there intentional, doing things on purpose, with with an actual intention behind what you're doing. It. That's how you're going to get the benefit of being there. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. And that's something that if you can drill it into your head when you're young, like before you get to the junior age, because if you don't have those habits and then you start playing junior, it's real easy to slip into the I don't give a shit mentality. And then it's hard for any trainer to deal with you because yeah. now you're 18 years old and you think you know everything and whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So keep keep the quality piece in mind. Yeah, 100%. Quality all the time. Uh, so the last three here, a little bit of repetitive but we're wrapping up anyway so uh griffin asks what's a good pre-game meal go into detail about how long before also a uh, good post-game meal so we, t we just touch i'll just yeah. touch this one quick so again go back and listen to the episode we did on nutrition we like really really dig into all this stuff and it would be really helpful for you guys to listen to that um real quick pre-game meal like i said in the previous question you want to let's say you have a seven o'clock game you want to eat around like two o'clock Right, so this is four or five hours before your game. That's when you have your bigger meal, and then if you need something else before your game, then you can have something else. So, if you don't get out of school till three, then it's three o'clock. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Right, make it work. No, don't make it. Yeah, you don't, don't have make to make it. it oh, I got to eat in my last class of the yeah. day. Your kids, you'll, you'll sort yeah. it out. So I would start that two or three o'clock when you're eating the bigger the bigger meal. And again, we're focusing on protein and we're focusing on carbs. So something like uh, chicken with a potato, with some cooked vegetables, that everything that digests well and won't put you on the toilet for a while. That's a good pregame meal. Um, you could have a piece of like leaner fish, like a white fish, not like salmon, like salmon is gonna is a, a lot more fatty, so it'll be harder to digest. Like a white fish with some uh, white rice or brown rice or something like that with cooked vegetables. Again, that's a good pregame meal, perfect. Doesn't have to be too much, doesn't have to be crazy. You shouldn't feel like you're super full after. You should yeah. feel light. Um, not like you're going to explode. You want to make sure you can digest and then you're drinking water, right? Like I said, we said before, if you can put some electrolytes in it or salt or whatever, if you have access to that, then that would be a smart move. Um, so that's what I'd say for a pregame meal. Post-game meal, now you're trying to 
replenish what you're doing. So again, we're going protein and carbs because we want to digest it quick to soak it up. So you could, it would literally look very similar to what you had pregame, except you can add like a little more fat now because you don't have to worry about playing again later. So the only thing to keep in mind about that is you, if your game is at seven, you have to go to bed after. So the heavier meal you have before you go to bed, the harder it's going to be, the more it's going to affect your sleep, which is, is something to consider. So if you have a game the next day, so for, for Griffin's case, he'll, he'll play Friday, Saturday. So if you have a game Saturday, what's your Friday night meal should be like protein carb again, but you don't want to go crazy ape shit eating because then you're not going to fall asleep for four hours. Right? So that's something to keep in mind. And then all the other details are, are similar to what we said in the, in the question before. So, yep. but, but check out the episode we did on the nutrition. That, that'd be really helpful. Yeah. Anything? No. Okay. No. Uh, next one from, this is big Jerv. Uh, what does he got here? Uh, during the season, what exercises or movements should I be doing on a daily basis? Okay. So touched on the workout thing a little bit before. I don't know if you have anything you want to throw on that quick. Cause we can no. do this one pretty quick too. No, we kind of went through it. So, so Dale, the, the, the key I'm going to focus on on this, because the last question we answered was about working out in general. The key to this question is him saying daily basis. Okay. So fair enough. I'm going to take that perspective on this one. So outside of like your workout program, your skill work and all that stuff, what are things you should be doing on a daily basis? I would say one is you need to do some kind of movement in the morning every day. So if you have practice at night or you have a game at night, don't have that be the first time you moved during the day. Because again, earlier I was talking about that feeling of you have cement legs on the ice. It's either your nutrition or you didn't move yet. Those are the two factors normally. So you want to be loose when you get on the ice. So take the day or take earlier in the day to do that. So whether it's a bike, whether you go for a walk, it doesn't have to be anything super intense. It's just to get the blood flowing. It could be a yoga stretch. Yeah, it could be anything, right? It's just something to loosen up where you get your heart rate up a little bit. It doesn't have to be a crazy hit interval workout, just something light just to yeah. move during the day, yeah. whether it's a walk, it's a bike or, or whatever. That's what I would say about that. And then the other thing, this goes to something you used to have talked about a lot is implementing some mobility stuff every yeah. day. Yeah. So that could be any kind of corrective move, stretching, yoga flow, anything like that. So if you want to do a little combo thing every morning where you ride the bike for 15, 20 minutes, and then you do a stretch after that, or you do a little like a five, 10 minute warm bike, warm up, whatever, and then do a yoga thing for 20 minutes or whatever. Like those are two things that you can, and I would recommend if you have time for it or can make time for it to do daily, because that's just going to help prevent yourself from getting injured. Number one, and keep you nice and loose. Number two, every day before you go to skate. I don't know if you have anything else on that. No, I like the mobility a lot. Um, you know, you'll always feel good if you do mobility. Mm -hmm. You know, the greatest stretch in the world, a little bit of high knees, you know, stuff like that. It's great. Thoracic spines. Yeah, T-spine. Yeah, those T -spine. those uh, dynamic warm-ups that a lot of guys that we work with are familiar with, those are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Even just have a dynamic sequence that you do every day for yeah. take you 10 minutes the, to do the one, it. The one thing I'm going to add to that, though, is um, not, not as far as the fitness goes, but the one thing I'm going to add is when you actually, like, so we just said get up early in the morning. Like, we get up in the morning and do something. So that might mean... That's a lot of, especially younger kids, it's not their favorite time of the day to do anything right. when you get right out of the fart sack. Mm. Understand. But just look at it this way is look at it as a mental win. And if you can look back after a month and say, I got up every day or seven, five days a week or whatever, I got out of bed and I did 20 push ups. It's not about the push ups, it's about the intent and it's about the discipline of doing it. That, that's another big, huge factor. Yeah. 
and I, I think now I'm bringing that up, the mental piece too, something else I'll throw on that from a mental perspective. It's not movement, but it's just another habit you can do. So like get yourself a morning routine, like I just said, or something to do. Even And even if it's not the morning, even if you do it at lunchtime or you do it after school, whatever, get a routine where you're doing movement like that, but then something else mental, like whether it's you read for 10 minutes or you journal a bit, you write something down about like yeah. your intentions for the day yeah. or something like that. Those are other good habits just from yeah. a, a mental win perspective, yeah. just to center yourself and get yourself on task yeah. for the day yeah. with what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. That's another good, Very good, good habit with that. Uh, last one here. Good one. Ending on a good one. Uh, Adrian, so this is from Bose. Uh, in your opinion, how big is the jump from minor hockey to junior hockey? Skill gap, level of difficulty, pace of play, etc. Good question. Great question. Yeah, it's, let her rip. It's not what you think it is. Whatever you think it is, it's harder. That's the bottom line. So this is another way to ask the question. How, because this is the truth. So hang on, just give me a second. So it'd be like... It, how big is a gap from going from minor peewee? You're a minor peewee player playing minor midget. You're a minor peewee, so you're 11 or 12 years old. 11? 12? 11. 11 years old, go play minor midget. Jump into that. Is that a big gap? That's a huge gap. Like So if, I, if you tell that to a parent or a kid, you'd say, no way. No way. I, that, that's too big. But that's what the OH, that's what's jumping to minor hockey to the OHL is. Mm-hmm. Well, age-wise, anyways. Yep. But it's actually harder because... In minor hockey, from peewee to to midget, you are um, you're playing with some really good players, some very average players, and some players that aren't very good. So, when you go from midget to the OHL, most players are the best. Well, no, they're the best players at every age. So you're playing against the best players in not only Ontario. Or if you're out west, not only out west, but uh, you're playing Europeans and Americans. So you're playing that five-year age gap of the best players in the world. So it's extremely hard. The skill level, wow. It's, it's um, again, you're taking guys that are, you're going to be playing guys that are one step away from the NHL. Some first-round NHL picks, second-round NHL picks that are 20 years old, 19 years old, 18 years old. The skill level is absolutely off the charts, which you thought was a good player in midget. Might be a good player in the OHL or junior, but uh, might not be. Um, the size, everyone's big. I, I mean, everyone said with my son the last couple of years before I got drafted, he's a pretty big kid. He is a pretty big, big kid. He's like just under 6'2", and he's big frame and stuff, but he's, he's, uh, he's not small. But he was going up against the uh, six foot five defenseman shift after shift the other night. Well, and even even if they're short, they're big. That's they're the other strong. thing too, right? Yeah. So even if they're, you're like, well, some guys are tiny, and it's like, yeah, but they're strong, man, right? Like, yeah. That's the difference. Like if you take if you take like from strength perspective, so Bose, for example, it's hard. Like I'm giving him the question. If you take what you did this summer at 16 years old, and then do the exact same thing for the next four years. What does what does Bose look like now? Yeah, how much stronger are you going to be? And that's the OHL. That's yeah. not all the OHL, but that's like let's say half of the OHL. If you take the best player that you played with, like on your midget team, take the top three players or top two players on that team, 
top player, say the top player who you think the top player is, that's that kid is going to the OHL and he's not going to be doing anything. Zero. Yeah. Like he might kid. get a couple goals. He might get a couple goals if he's really good. Like okay, so it's so funny. You go. I okay. When I got drafted, I had two hundred and twenty-two points. I think it was, and I played a year up. Eighty some goals. Okay. Danced around. Went to the OHL my first year, and I had five. That's the answer. Yeah. It happens to everyone. So we're looking at uh, so kid on Charlie's team. Uh, he was a first rounder. Zilkin. Danny, if you're watching this, I'm just throwing your name out there. And I, he's a great, like, phenomenal hockey player. He's going to be a high NHL pick. And he got drafted 12th overall, I think it was. 10th, 12th, 8th, something like that. Like, high. OHL 12th overall? Yeah. So he's an 03. Mm-hmm. And he's good. Nice size. Great guy. Charlie likes him. Awesome. Great hockey player. Played on the U18s, U17s. Unbelievable hockey player. I think his first year he had... I think it was 12 points. That's a superstar playing in the Toronto League. He went to the OHL. This guy's good, man. Yeah. This guy's good. So I think he had 12 points. I might be wrong. Maybe it was 14, but it was, yeah, take a look. And this guy is good, man. So when you go to the OHL, like, so I've always said this to Charlie, and he he realized it. He goes, it's fast. All the kids that I talked about, they go, it's fast. Time and space is gone. So the point of this hard work stuff is like, Un, and I say this to everybody, whatever you think it is, multiply it by however much. Hmm. And if how good you think you are, multiply by how you got to be that much better. What do you got? 15 points. 15 points. Yeah. 60 yeah. games, 15 it's, points. Yeah. Great. U, U17 and, Team Canada, U7, U18 yeah. Team Canada. Yeah. So a lot of people would say, like, so I, and I said that to Charlie, I said that to my wife this year. I said, and, and I know there's going to be people that are going to say, I don't know what Charlie's going to get. I hope he gets. 90 points, which he's not. Yeah. Uh, but I hope he gets, you know, good points. But more importantly, I hope he just plays the right way because that's it's a process, right? Yeah. So there's going to be people that if they look at Zilkin's stats the first year, they're going to say, wow, you didn't do much. But you got to remember, this is a superstar hockey player, 16 years old, moving into a, yeah. first round the NHL best league. Yeah. yeah, the best league in the uh, in the world for uh, yeah. that's not the NHL. And he got 15 points, which is a lot. You might look at so a lot of people would say, well, that's that's not very good. Like he didn't do much. And that, people will say that about Charlie this year. If he gets zero goals or one, which is possible, or twenty, which is possible, the point is is that he's got to learn how to play in that league, and that might be, and you're gonna get different roles. Yep. So it's, you got the other thing is you got to take the minor hockey out of it. So probably, I don't I even love know. when you say this. That's such no, a good no, point. No, but it's true. But like yeah. and Danny, like I don't even know the kid. Yeah. You know, if, if you happen to watch Charlie, says some of the guys watch it. Eh, yeah. on the team. So I, uh, you know. Zilks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be his nickname, right? right? It's got to yeah, be. Yeah. It's got to be his nickname. <laughs> what was I saying about it? Everybody underestimates the task. So Charlie went in this year and he's wow. Like this was like just the, the, the camp. There wasn't even the vets out there. He goes, this is fast. Yeah, the best of the best are there. Second round pick saying that. Yeah. Yes. But you, you, if you go in there thinking that you're going to be good, like you've underestimated how good this is going to be, and it's going to be a sucker punch right to the freaking schnoz. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to overestimate how good the league is, so that you put the work in, so that you, you know, you overwork or you do that. that, that you, 
underestimate how good you are. Yeah. And if you do that, you give yourself a fighting chance. But the minor hockey, that's what I'm saying. You have to take the minor hockey out of hockey. So when we're playing youth hockey, you're allowed to skate around if you don't back check, but you put three pucks in the net. Like, half the time, the coaches wouldn't even know the difference anyways. Yeah. Or what they're telling you is not even true. Or you could, yeah, you could just say, yeah, yeah, go shut up. And you're going to do your own thing. And who's really going to say anything? But now you're going to a league where everybody's really good and now there's roles. So if you so taking the minor hockey out of it means you're going to have to back check properly. You're going to have to play a system properly. You're going to have to do a task. And what your mom and dad might think isn't very good, the coach is saying, perfect. You're Now you're getting somewhere. Yeah. Because this doesn't happen. You don't skate through... Uh, the London Knights defensemen who are all six foot three, six foot four, and probably eight of their eight of five of them are first round picks to the NHL. You don't dance through those guys. You don't dance, and, and the back checking is harder than you've ever had. You got guys that work, man. Not only are they good, they work. So now your your role of playing hockey is totally different than it was in minor hockey. So you have to lose the minor hockey. Yep. So you might be used to skating it in, but your coach is saying, I want a soft chip to this corner. And as you do it, I want you to hammer the D while you're doing it. That's your only job. And then you're staying at F3, whatever. Yep. I want you chipping pucks out. Like Charlie, I'm not going to say what Charlie has to do, but he's got three things. You do this, you do this, you do this. You take the minor hockey out, you learn how to play, and then you learn how to become a pro. Yep. And that's what everybody's job is. If you don't do that, you don't play. Yeah. So from the from the back to the question, the speed, the decision making is is obviously the biggest jump. But the only caveat I'm going to throw on it, just to kind of push up back a little bit, is sure. the, because of the skill level. If you can adapt, so like if you can adapt to the speed, yep. if you can adapt to the decision making, yep. then because of the because of the fact that everyone is pretty skilled mm-hmm. for the most part, that in a lot of ways can make the game easier. Yep. Right. So the, the jump is huge. I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but if you can adapt to the, the speed and the decision making, yep. and then assuming you have some skill obviously to play there, it actually makes the game easier to play because yes. now you're playing with guys that can actually make plays, which yes. is a point that you made a couple of weeks ago when we yeah. were talking about it. So yeah. that's the only, that's the only caveat I'll throw on that is that it is a huge jump and it's, it's a difficult jump to make for sure. But if you can adapt then the, the game the game playing part actually becomes easier because you're playing with guys that can make some plays. Well, that's the stuff, so, right? For, for a couple of reasons. So you're, what happens is your systems are so, like, and don't get me, I don't want to get too uh, weird here. The systems are so much more important mm-hmm. so that in the offensive zone, if you have a puck here, basically you know that it's gonna, you're going to have a guy here and here or what yeah. the play should be. If it's not executed properly, you don't play. You're allowed to make a mistake, right. but you don't get to play. Uh, so positionally, it's easier to play, right? You don't have guys just on their own page. So that's why that's one thing that's important. Second thing is when you're in minor midget and you're a really good player and you're playing with uh, an average player or below average player, then when you make a player, you're, you're, or you're maybe bringing a guy with you to suck a guy in to make a backdoor pass, let's just say, and guy's going to the net or he's not going to the net, that play is not there. So you don't look as good as you could no. be. That's right. Or you're going to the net and you've never had that pass where it's, it's exactly where you want it, but you're not ready because you're never used to it. So, yeah. yeah, so the higher skill that you are, then you become, then then it... More effective, yeah. Yeah, it's like a guy with, if people say that money brings out the worst in people, that's not true. 
money brings out what you, are, what you yeah. already are. So if you're highly skilled and you're playing that game, then right, yeah. when you get to that level, then it brings out actually who you are. Yeah, you right? can actually use your skill yeah, now because yeah, yeah. you're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's great. hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, and then you take that jump to go to the NHL. It's like like you can't even explain it. Yeah, for they sure, you can't explain it. Uh, we just did like two hours. Well, so do some cuts. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, maybe we'll stop right there. Cut, trim the fat. Yeah, we got we got through we got through all the questions that um, we had here. So we'll probably do another one of these these coming up, but uh, we'll we'll stop right there. Yeah.